Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. We'll begin our study with, and it's found in Luke 11 and 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples, as he was praying in a certain place. Lord, teach us to pray. I want to talk to you tonight about praying like Jesus. Say that with me. Praying like Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and we are asking, Lord, for your help. Help us, Lord Jesus, to administer your word, O God, in a way that is pleasing to you, speaking the truth in love. And God, I ask, God, that we would draw closer to you to truly be more Christ-like In your mighty name, we give you praise. Let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Pray like Jesus. You, you, You and I who are Gentiles do not understand perhaps all of the, the weight and the context of being a Hebrew and a Jew and being a disciple of Jesus Christ. The disciples of Jesus Christ was primarily made up of Jews, some of various commitments and levels. They believed in practice, praying three times a day, as the Hebrew custom was, morning, afternoon, and evening. The routine of prayer for Hebrew was a deep commitment and a serious commitment, but it can become, as it does in any place, a habit. It wasn't that they didn't pray, they didn't didn't pray, but they wanted to pray like Jesus. They had watched Jesus pray, and so they said, Lord, teach us to pray. They struggled, perhaps, with the art of prayer, as we do. Anybody in here struggle with with sometimes just praying Amen. We, we can talk on the phone for hours and we can talk to our friends for a long time and we can, we, can, we can do that kind of stuff, but sometimes it's a struggle in prayer. It was the prayer life of Jesus that inspired an unnamed disciple here to ask a very important question, Lord, would you teach us to pray? Would you teach us to pray? Notice they didn't say, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? They didn't ask for a better method of prayer. They didn't ask for better words or vocabulary of prayer, but teach us to pray. Amen. We can talk about prayer, but do we pray? 
We can study prayer, but do we pray? Amen. The Greek word for teach here refers to a systematic teaching or training. In secular Greek, this word was used of a choir director who trained a choir over a long period of rehearsals until they were able to perform the number. Amen. They wanted the Lord to get it into their spirit what is the, the way that they should pray. Lord, teach us to pray. It is our desire as Christians to be like Jesus. Say amen. We find to understand the prayer life of Jesus, we need to be reminded of the humanity of Jesus. Jesus knew what it was like to be human because he was human. He was born of woman. Amen. The wonder of Jesus is that he carried with him a dual nature where he was divine and human. We see that borne out in John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was at the beginning with God. And then verse 14 it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, the Word, is God manifested in the flesh. And in him, according to what Paul said, dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus is spoken of as the Son of God, speaking of his deity, but he's also spoken of as the Son of Man. Amen. He was the Son of Man in that he was born of flesh and blood. He breathed. He had uh, all of the bodily components that you and I have. Jesus was divine. He was God, but he was also man. He suffered like us as far as dealing with life as we deal with life. Amen. While we readily maintain that Jesus is God, manifest in the flesh, while we worship Jesus as King, eternal, immortal, we also exalt Him as Lord, but let us never minimize the fact that He came to pay for our salvation and to be our example. As a son of man, he experienced all that it means to be human, yet without sin. As the son of man, he was touched with the feeling of our infirmities, yet without sin. As the son of man, he became our example as the one that, that would lead us, but also empower us to be like him. Amen. While the man, Jesus, had his own will... He committed that will to the will of the Father. He chose to obey. If you and I are going to live for God, we're going to have to take our will and say, I submit it to the will of the Father. Amen. Jesus wrestled with his flesh in the garden when he prayed, but yet he finally said, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. Jesus didn't take, a, take then a casual approach with prayer, but he took a very serious approach to prayer. Why? Because he was completely committed to the will of the Father. He was completely committed. If we're going to have a prayer life, 
like Jesus taught us, it's going to take a complete commitment to the will of the Father. Not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. No wonder he communed frequently with the Father. And so now, as the Son, we know that as man, he wrestled, he fought, but he overcome, so can we. Look at for us today. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So he is our Father, and we wrestle with this, am I going to submit to his will? Am I going to follow his will? But Jesus showed us the example so that we could do it. It's one thing to call him Abba, Father. It's another thing to say, I'm all in. I follow you completely. I am all in. Whatever you have for me, that's what I want to do. Amen. And so now we are uh, the Spirit of God then beareth witness in verse 16, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, we shall also be glorified together. For I reckon that the, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest, listen to this, the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Paul later in this chapter talks about all creation is groaning. Groaning. You know what you and I are feeling in this present hour is the groaning of a world that's lost. We are feeling the groaning of a creation that is, that is waiting for something. Wait, what is waiting? It's waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the true children of God to walk in the purpose, in the will, and the power of our Heavenly Father. Amen. Amen. Let me just tell you, that's what God wants you to do. The ultimate name of redemption is not simply to save my soul, but rather that I be a manifested son of God. Amen. For the Bible says in Romans 8 and 29, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. I want to tell you the reason that we are born again is to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus, to take on his image. We are to be conformed, which means similar in form. To take on the fashion of, amen, the Holy Spirit is working in you and me to conform us into the image of the Son, Jesus Christ. That is the ultimate purpose that God has for you, and that is the true gospel of predestination. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. Amen. Make no mistake, there is only one God who is the only begotten of the Father. But there are many of us who now become sons of God, being born again of the water and of the Spirit. Amen. One of the ways we conform to the image of Jesus Christ is to learn to pray like He prayed. We need to learn to pray like He prayed. 
When God would win back the world, He sent a man as the last Adam who would live and love like no other. Jesus Christ came to speak like no other. He came to live like no other. He came to teach like no other. He came to serve like no other. And He came to pray like no other. Jesus prayed. We should too. Jesus prayed. He's our prime example And he empowers us to pray, but we've got to practice it. It's up to us to practice what he has for us. The Gospels refer to Jesus praying over 32 times. 32 times in the Gospel, he talks about prayer, he models prayer, and he gives to his example. It's interesting that the majority of the discussion about prayer with Jesus occurs in Luke. And there's a reason for that. When you begin to study how that each of these synoptic gospels and, and also John presents to us Jesus Christ, Matthew depicts Jesus as the king who was the one that revealed the promise of David. For we see in the genealogies it goes from David through to Joseph. In Mark, he refers to Jesus as the wonderful servant that serves completely. In Mark, there is no genealogy. In John, we find that he is the revealed glory of God as Jesus, the Word, made flesh. No genealogies. But in Luke, the doctor, he emphasizes the humanity and the, and the Son of Man as Jesus being the Son of Man. And then there is genealogy that runs through Mary. So these are the pictures of what, what, what the Gospels are showing us about Jesus. And Luke says, I want to talk to you about him as the Son of Man. And as the Son of Man, he prayed. He prayed. Amen. Amen. Jesus is not uh, one deity praying to another deity, but rather it is the Son of Man that is praying for the eternal will of the Father to be manifested on the earth as God would have him to do. Jesus prayed and 5,000 were fed with five loaves and two fishes. Jesus prayed and the widow woman's son was raised out of a coffin. Jesus prayed and the blind began to see. Jesus prayed and Lazarus came out of the tomb. Jesus prayed, miracles happened, signs and wonders happened. Amen. The disciples did not ask Jesus to teach us how to work miracles. They did not ask him, oh, help us to have more passion. Help us to feed the hungry. Help us to do good deeds. No, they said, teach us to pray. I want to tell you, if we would learn the art of prayer like Jesus, a lot of this other stuff would work itself out. Work itself out. Somebody say, pray like Jesus. Jesus taught and demonstrated the necessity of prayer. He taught them by practice and principle. He was a great teacher and communicator. Prophecy flowed freely through him. Miracles happened when Jesus showed up. He demonstrated great leadership qualities. He calmed the storm and healed their sick and raised their dead. Yet the only thing the disciples are recorded asking him to do is to teach them to pray. Why? They understood if we can get this, all the other comes with it. If we can get this, we want to bypass 
a prayer life to get all the blessings. But that's not what Jesus taught us. Amen. Jesus spent a great deal of time in prayer. The Bible speaks about him, and we'll get into this in particular, getting up way before dawn. <laughs> Praise God. Pray like Jesus. Pastor, you want us to do what? But he got up way before dawn and prayed. When it came to healing lepers, casting out devils, and raising the dead, you will find Jesus praying very short prayers. Jesus never had a prayer meeting so he'd get in tune with the will of the Father to cast out devils, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. But rather he spent hours in secret prayer Finding the will of the Father so when it came time to carry out the will of the Father, he could do it. That's our model. That's our, our, our example is that many times we got, we're going to pray right at the last minute. But what God wants us to understand is that if we are praying the will of the Father now, when the hour of calamity comes, when the hour of crisis comes, we don't go have to run to the church and have a prayer meeting. We don't have to call up a, you know, some prophet or some pastor or some apostle and say, will you pray for me? No, because we've already talked to the Lord. We already understand the will of the Father and we can pray that according to his word you know how Jesus cast out devils come out two words come out but he did that because he's taught us that praying Alone with the Father brings us in power with the Father. Let's study this a little deeper. We know the value of praying together. We know the value of praying as a church. Forsake not the assembly of ourselves together as a manner some is, even as we see the days coming of the Lord. We know about the, the value of coming together, don't we? If one thing that this silly pandemic has taught us is the importance of coming together. And I feel for those that feel like they can't come back to church Amen. But, oh, we need this. And you say, amen. We need this. We need to be in the house of the Lord. But let me, let me show you what Jesus did. He prayed alone. He prayed in private. He prayed alone. Amen. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. Solitary. Interesting word. It means a wilderness place, an uninhabited place. I want to just tell you, I might can go and study at Starbucks sometime, but I sure can't go pray at Starbucks. There are times that i got to go find a place even outside of my own house, alone with God. Get alone with God. Shut out the noise. Whatever you have to do. It is said that, that um, <clears throat> Charles Wesley's mother would pray. She had 12 kids and, and didn't have anywhere to go pray. And so she taught her kids that when I pull my apron up over my face, I'm praying. 
I'm going to go to find a place to get alone with me and God. Get alone with him in a solitary place. Jesus got up early before the dawning of day and went to a remote place to pray alone. What does that teach us? That we need to pray in the presence of God, alone, alone with God. Can I tell you, a lot of our problems would fall off if we'd get alone with God. Get alone with Him. Just us and Him. Not us and our, our Facebook, but us and Him. Not us and, and, and searching uh, the web, but us and Him. Amen. Go back and get you a good old page Bible and open it up and study alone with God. Get alone with Him. That's what Jesus taught us. Alone with God. Alone with God. The next thing, if you study this passage in Mark 1, the next thing you will find Jesus doing immediately after being alone with the Father is that he goes and preaches in the synagogues throughout Galilee, casting out devils and healing the sick, healing lepers. Amen. What does that teach us? Is before we get before people in ministry, we need to be alone with God. Be alone with God before we get to ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. My, my father had a mentor who, uh, whose name was, he, had a, he was a full-blooded German. Matter of fact, came, his family came directly from Germany. His name was Herrholzer, E.J. Herrholzer. He's a man of prayer and faith. And so my father would travel with him sometimes. Brother Hirohoser would go and preach crusades and preach healing services back in the, in the 50s. And uh, my, my dad would travel with him and he learned a lot from Brother Hirohoser. And so they were staying in a hotel room together at this one particular place. My dad's always been an early riser. He, he would get up early and so my dad would get up early and, and he got up early to pray. And this brother here, Holster, would be gone. And my dad said, I'll catch him tomorrow. And so he gets up earlier, sets the alarm to get up earlier. And so he gets up at 5 o'clock instead of 6 o'clock. And he gets up and that brother's gone. Where in the world is he at? And so he asked him, he said, where are you going so early in the morning? He said, oh, Brother Gil, I found the best place to pray. He said, in the morning, we'll get up and I'll show you. So at 4 o'clock in the morning, we're getting up, they're, going, they're getting up and going to prayer, and they walk across the street from the hotel to a cemetery. And Brother Hirohoser kneels down in a tombstone and begins to put his hand here, begin to pray, and my, my, my dad's looking like, what? And he said, this is the quietest place in town. But he's the same one that would go then later on and, and, he, and pray and people would be healed of all kinds of diseases and sickness and, and, and the Lord do mighty miracles. I want to tell you today, that's the example that Jesus taught us. He taught us, if I'll get along with the Father, when my problem shows up, I don't have to sweat it. Hallelujah. Jesus got alone when he prayed. Let me share with you some other scriptures. Matthew 14, 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went out 
into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Somebody say alone. Luke 5 and 16. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Our daily lives, brothers and sisters, have become so busy. So busy. Not just busy, but busy and fast. Not just fast, but busy, fast, and loud. We are constantly squeezing out more time, thinking that we can get more stuff into our time. Dr. Arch, uh, Hart, uh, Archibald Hart put it like this. He said, people of our time are showing signs of psychological and physiological disintegration because we are living at warp speed. Amen. We're trying to hear the voice of the Lord and listening uh, for, for, for this and listening at that. And we're trying to hear the voice of the Lord. And we got, we got our phone going and we got the TV going and we got the kids going and the coffee pot going. And, and we've got everything going. And we say, God, why aren't you speaking to me? I am, he says. You just need to get quiet. Alone with me. Get alone with me. Get alone with me. Hallelujah. How many want the Lord to speak to them? I want the Lord to speak to me. But to get to that place, i got to shut off some other things. I need to shut off some other things. The psalmist said, hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I want to tell you how we combat fear in this hour alone with God. How do we combat this world's chaos? Get alone with God. Amen. Is it really spiritual to, 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 to just simply sit down and say I'm going to have a 10 minute devotion and read my Bible and pray while I'm watching TV in the background? Y'all, you can shout about that. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to you, Lord. It is the psalmist that said, be, be still and know that I'm God. Be still, withdraw, away from. That's what that word means, uh, be still. Take a departure from. Luke 6 and 12, and when it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued to pray, continued all night in prayer to God. He's our example. Luke twenty two thirty nine, 39, and he came out and went as he was wont or as his custom was to the Mount of Olives and his disciples also followed him. And he, when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and knelt down and prayed. He understood and also taught us the importance of being alone with God. He taught this. He didn't just practice it. He taught us this. Look at Matthew 6, verse 5. You, you've read this before. And when you pray, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street. That they may be, what? Seen of men. Now we don't pray to be seen, but it's good to be seen praying. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy 
closet, which means a secret place. Enter into thy secret place, and when you have shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which, is, which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. Oh God, let us find the secret of getting along with you, because if I can get along with you, I can take care of things in my day. I can pray when there's a need. Hallelujah. Oh God. I need to get along with you. What do we learn about being alone with God? Praying in solitude is a great pride killer. Nobody to applaud. Don't stand on the street corner. Get in the closet and pray. Jesus didn't brag about talking about his prayer life. He just prayed. He just prayed. Praying in solitude helps us avoid distractions. Getting along with the Lord helps us to avoid the distractions, the things that steal our time and our, 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 our mindset. Get along with God to stop distractions. Hallelujah. If the cat's crawling all over you, put the cat up. Boy, that's deeply spiritual. I hope you wrote that one down. Whatever you got to do to have that solitude with the Father, that's what we must do. So he prayed in private, but he also prayed in community. He didn't just pray in private, but he prayed in community. We find in Luke chapter 9, it says, and it shall come to pass that, that as he was alone praying. Then if you look down in the, verse 28, it says, and it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. He didn't just pray by himself, but he had prayer partners that would pray with him. Talking about how to pray like Jesus. We pray in solitude with the Father, but it's good to have people in your life that you can pray with, that you can agree with, that you can give your prayer requests to, and you can tell them we need to pray about this. Will y'all excuse me if I step up on my stoke box just for a minute? If you write on Facebook, I have a special need, please pray for me. If, if somebody does that, not you, if somebody does that, I have a special unspoken request. You know what that makes everybody do? I wonder what that is. Right? wonder what they're going through. Wonder what they're dealing with. Nobody's praying with that. They're all worried about the gospel. But when you when you have a prayer request, man, it's fine to put it on Facebook. But say what it is if you're if you if you can say what it is. If you can't, then don't put it there. Is is that I'm on my soapbox now? So this is Tim Gill chapter three verse five. Okay, you just follow it if you want to take it for whatever it's worth. But I believe that we ought to have people that we can pick up the phone, amen, and say, will you pray with me about this? This is what I'm dealing with. Well, I need you to pray with me. He not only prayed alone, but he prayed in community. Jesus also prayed in times of revelation and consecration. Amen. Luke chapter 3 verse 21, and when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying. Jesus 
being baptized and praying and the heaven was open and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved son, in thee I am well pleased. What does that teach us? Is that in times of consecration, we ought to be praying. In times of revelation, we ought to be praying. Amen. So we stay in constant contact with the Father and we know that what we're hearing is true. We need to pray in times of consecration and revelation. We need to pray first thing in the morning. Whatever time that is, you get up. When your feet hit the floor, good morning, Lord. If you do that enough, it will no longer be, good Lord, it's morning. Right? Good morning, Lord. He prayed early in the morning. We ought to pray first thing in the morning. It's not about how quick you can get up, and it's no more spiritual if you pray at 5 or you pray at 6 or you pray at 8 or you pray at 9, but it ought to be the first thing you do. Lord, here I am. God, help us today. Amen. Jesus not only prayed in the morning, he prayed with passion. He prayed with passion. Hebrews records in chapter 5 and verse 7, notice the wording carefully, in the days of his flesh, humanity, in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication, how did he do it? With strong crying and tears. Hallelujah. What does that mean? Jesus prayed with passion, emotion. Amen. There's nothing wrong with you getting your emotions connected to your prayer and talk to God with passion. Do you love him? Do you love him? Well, if you love, there'll be passion there. There'll be passion there. Jesus prayed with passion. Jesus prayed because it was his habit. He had a habit of praying. Amen. The Bible says in Luke 22 and 39 that he, he came out and went, and as he was wont, or as his habit was, he went to prayer. Jesus prayed, amen, as a custom. Jesus prayed before big decisions. So should we. Jesus prayed before big decisions. Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. And when it was day, look what he did. He called unto him his disciples. And of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. Before he picked his disciples, he prayed all night. Before you take that job, why don't you spend some time alone with the Lord in prayer? Before you marry that person, spend some time in prayer. Before you make a business decision, spend some time in prayer. Why? I want to know what the will of the Father is. It is in prayer that I learn the will of the Father, that He speaks with me, and I can recognize, yes, that's the direction I ought to go, or no, I should not. He prayed before big decision. Jesus not only prayed for big decisions, He prayed for other people. Somebody said, that's a good habit. My dad, when he died, had a book that every day he prayed over that had over five hundred names that he called out to the Lord every day in prayer and many of you sitting right here whose name was on that book he prayed amen I believe we ought to pray for people 
not just about our own world and about our own problems, but pray for people. In Luke 22, it says in verse 31, Jesus said unto Simon, he said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. He believed so much in his prayer that he said that when everything gets right, you're going to strengthen the brother. When everything gets okay, the devil's going to press you and squeeze you and sift you, but I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Aren't you glad for somebody praying for you? I believe it's important that we learn the will of the Father to pray. I, I want to I I go, Sister Shelley, to John chapter 5. I'm bypassing some of my verses now. But I want to go to John chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. I want to show you something that Jesus teaches us in prayer. He teaches us in prayer. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, listen to this very carefully, the Son cannot do nothing of himself. The son. The wording is very particular. And what he seeth, but what he seeth the father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. Jesus taught us that we need to know the will of the father and the working of the father the only way to do that is in prayer. The only way to do that is in prayer. I know we can study the Bible, but we need a conversation with the Father. Look at verse 20. For the Father loveth the Son and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Did he not say we're to pray, Thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven? Did he not say that? If I know what the will of the Father is in heaven, then I can work the works of the Father on earth as a son of God. Amen. Jesus as the Son learned to pray the will and the way of the Father. So should we. The prayer life of Jesus focused on that intimacy part of the relationship. It takes intimacy to see what the Father is doing. It takes intimacy. You can't just have a 10-minute prayer and it all be done. It takes a consistent prayer life that you can learn the will of the Father. And again, if I'll pray with Him in in private, if I pray with him and my brothers and my sisters to find the will of the Father, when it comes time, I don't have to pray about it. I already know. That looks like what the Father would do, so I'll do that. That looks how the Father would handle this situation, so that's what I'm going to do. Wouldn't it be great on our jobs if that we would pray before we went to work and before we got to the workhouse and then when there's a big decision to be made, all of a sudden it's that I've already prayed and I know what the will of the Father is. Let's take care of it this way. I want to pray like Jesus. Prayer is how we develop intimacy with God. We pray for God to show us everything He's doing. Lord, 
Shouldn't this be our prayer in this hour? Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Prayer goes and finds out what God has already done in the invisible and then speaks about that in the visible and starts doing it in the visible, what he's doing invisible. Prayer is when we find out what our next is. So many people are wondering, well, what's my next? I'm going to do this next, and I want to do that next. Prayer is where we be le- are led by the Spirit of God. Amen. My pastor heard from God long before I ever came to Medora. Matter of, fi- matter of fact, eight years before, Brother Walls heard from the Lord and said I needed to come, and I was stubborn. Y'all didn't know that I was stubborn, did you? Brother Jack knew the will of the Father long before I did. He would often tell me on more than one time we would come in for Christmas and he'd say, did you bring your U-Haul full of your stuff? Harold Shepard and Sister Shepard would speak to me on numerous occasions. I took it as just a nice way of saying thank you. But what they knew is what I hadn't prayed enough yet to figure out. But if you'll pray and get the mind of the Father, you will know what His will is. And I will tell you, I can say now working on 18 years at MPC, I am more content in my ministry here than I have ever been because I know I am in the will of the Father. And if I am in the will of the Father, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah, will you praise the Lord? Everything's going to be all right. Do you know what it took for me to know the will of the Father? Three months of 6 a.m. prayer meeting when we were pastoring in North Carolina. Every day except Sunday. I'd get up at 6 o'clock, go to the church, and I'd pray. For three months. It took three months to get through this gill thickhead. You want to know what the will of the Father is? You can wrestle over your necks and you can try to figure it out. You can read whatever the, 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 the experts say or you can go to the one who already knows, the one who is already there, the one who already sees and pray and watch him speak to your heart. Apostle John wrote in 1 John 5 and 14, and this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask according to his will, He heareth us. We mess up because we start praying for our need before we know what his will is. If we know what his will is, we can pray that the need would be met because we know his will. We know his will. Prayer is where we learn to execute God's given authority. There's a few more verses and I'm about to bring this down. John 5, 26 for the Father hath life in himself, so he hath given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment, also because he is, now listen to the reading again, the Son of Man. We get tripped over over the dual nature of Christ, but when you understand when it talks about the Son of Man, it's talking about the flesh of Christ. And so he is saying the Father has given to him authority to execute 
judgment. The first Adam lost authority. The last Adam had all authority. Amen. The first Adam had authority to subdue, but he lost it. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, gave the church the authority to again subdue, to have dominion and authority in our world. God is bound by his word. And in the beginning, he gave man the authority to carry out legal decisions on earth as, a, as, a, as an ambassador of the king. Adam lost that. But Jesus, the second Adam, the last Adam, Adam came and as a man on a cross purchased my right to have authority. Man blew it, but God had a plan. Somebody say, God had a plan. God had a plan. Would you stand with me, please? The effects of prayer is intimacy with God. Jesus said, I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. We learn humility and we learn reliance that the source, the source, our Father, our Father, if I know His will, then I can operate in His power to do His will. We make legal verdicts then based on what God says, not what man says, not what the doctor says. But what God says. Righteous decisions then can happen when we pray and we hear the Father speaking to us. We hear the Lord speaking to us. We seek the will of the Father because that's the example that Jesus gave us. If you heard nothing else but hear this, Jesus prayed as our example to teach us to know the will of the Father. And Brother Keith, if I know the will of the Father, I can go through anything. I can overcome anything. I can endure a lot of stuff if I know the will of the Father. What's His will? I seek Him. I want to know Him. I want to know His word. I want to know His way. Hallelujah. For the next few moments here, will you just lift up your heart? Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.